Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, One Life Church. It is so good to see you today on Labor Day weekend. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Hey, before we get started, I always like to do this. We want to welcome our online church podcast family, One Life Church family. Put your hands together. Welcome our family online who is listening to us today. We love you guys so much. You are our family. We love you. We miss you. We cannot wait to see you real soon. All right, you guys, we're in a series called The Holy Spirit. We're in part three of that, as Nick mentioned earlier. But before I jump into that, I want to remind you of a couple things. Everybody say small groups. Yeah, you got to do the emphasis, small groups, right? <laughs> what are small groups? They're an opportunity for you to take a next step to connect in life-giving community. Notice I didn't say perfect community. I said life-giving community. Why is that important? Because God's word teaches us that when we are together in community, that something miraculous happens, believe it or not, and that is our lives get better. We're better for it. In other words, our lives begin to change when we are around life-giving people. You know, I'll tell you this, show me your friends and I'll show you your future, everybody. I tell students that all the time. If you'll show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And so as adults in this room today, I'll say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future because there's truth to that, my friends. There is just truth to that. And so it is so important and it's so vital not to do life alone. So this is not something we do at One Life Church, my friends. This is who we are. We are a group of small groups or we are a church of small groups. And so this is very important to us. We're launching our, what we call our fall semester in not, not this Sunday, not today, but next week. But I want to let you know this. Our small group leaders have already registered several small groups. So today our online directory is available. So you can search and shop groups right now. There are currently about 15 opportunities for you to meet with people throughout the week and even on the weekend. So I want to encourage you to go to olc.church. Now listen, if you are a small group leader in this room and you have yet to register your small groups, you still have time to register your small groups. We've got all this week to do it. So listen to me. Small groups don't start today. The online directory is live so you can shop them, but small groups will launch next Sunday. And by the way, we're going to have a lot of fun next Sunday. You don't want to miss as we launch small groups. I want to encourage you, if you have not yet to do this, register your small group. Everybody say register. Register your small groups, okay? And some of you in this room today, maybe you're thinking, I'd like to know more about what small groups are. Did you know that we have a class for you today? We call it our small group leadership training, and it takes place, put that on the screen for me, my man. It takes place today, immediately following the service at 1130 in our Discover room. And so this is an opportunity if you're kicking the tires, man, if you just want to check out, maybe look behind the curtain a little bit on what are small groups? Why, how do we even approach the model of small groups? This is an opportunity for you to come and to learn more about that. And just understand the expectation. The expectation isn't that you come to small group leadership training and that you walk out leading a small group. Now that's great if that happens. We, we, we would love that. But the opportunity and the expectation is just so you can come to learn and even have an opportunity to connect with some of our leaders as well. And so I just wanted to make you aware of that. I'm super excited about it because this is the heartbeat of One Life Church. My friends, if you are not, let me say it this way. 
If you feel disconnected from One Life Church, the very first question I'm gonna ask you or even one of our team members is gonna ask you is, what small group are you in? What small group are you in? So listen to me, please, 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 I implore you. I'm not trying to get you to do something that your church wants you to do. I'm trying to get you to do something that will actually bring life change and breathe air into your life. And how many of y'all know we need that right now in this season, now more than ever? Amen, church? Amen. All right, well, small groups are excited. All right, now listen, we are a message note-taking church. So we're jumping into this third part of our series called the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you to follow along. Our message notes are on, put this on the screen. Thank you, olc.church. If you'll go to olc.church on your phone or on your smartphone, look at this. I brought my phone up here today to kind of demonstrate what that looks like. You just kind of push the power button on, you open the screen, you go to your Safari or your Chrome and you type in olc.church and you kind of just swipe down. There is a button that says message notes. And listen to me, this is so important, you guys, because I want you to walk out of here, not just being inspired. I want you to walk out of here with the tools in your tool belt of life that can help you on Monday through Saturday. And so this is what the message notes are all about. And you can follow along, you can fill in the blank, you can even email them to yourself in a PDF as you follow along. It's a lot of fun. All right, so part three of the Holy Spirit series. I'm going to start with our theme verse today that comes out of Acts chapter 19. Verse 1 through 2. That's Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 2. If you'll put that on the screen, thank you so much. Now, I want to, before I read this verse, I just want to remind you that the book of Acts is a historical record book. What does that mean? It is a record of the history of the first church. And as we read last week in Acts chapter 2, we read that the beginning of the book starts with the delivery of the promised Holy Spirit that Jesus Christ himself talked about. And he said that, hey, before I go to heaven, I want to send you someone who's going to be your helper to live out the life that I'm calling you to live to make a difference in this life. We talked about that last week. But 19 chapters into the book, from Acts chapter 2 to this verse right here, check this out. 20 years have gone by. 20 years have gone by. And so knowing that, as we read this, look at this. It says, while the church leader, Apollos, was at a church in the city of Corinth, Paul, who is also known as the Apostle Paul, who also is known as the writer of the, basically two-thirds of the New Testament, Paul, he took the road through the interior, and he arrived at another city, and this city was called Ephesus, and there was a church there that he had planted, much like One Life Church. And it goes on to say, there... In Ephesus, in that church there, he found some disciples, or that's just the Bible's way of saying some Christians, believers in Christ, Christ followers. And he asked them, again, 20 years later, after the promised Holy Spirit, he asked these Christians, he said, guys, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now notice their response. They answered, Paul, no, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Many people ask me a lot of times, what is the reason for doing a series on the Holy Spirit? Well, the reason is, just as in Paul's day, 20 years after the promised Holy Spirit was given, 2,000 years later, there are still some of us today who are unaware of the Holy Spirit, who he is and the role he wants to play in our life. And so from time to time as a pastor, I'm gonna try to bring to you a series at least once, if not twice, within a couple of years around the idea, the topic of the third person of the Trinity because people still haven't heard and maybe you're in this room today and maybe that's you. Maybe you're hearing for the first time of who he is. 
Now, a lot of us, we understand God the Father. Why is that? Well, because most of us had an earthly father. Whether it was a good father or a bad father, we still understand the concept of God the Father. We even understand the concept of God the Son, mainly because there's a ton of movies about Jesus Christ. There's even a series that I would recommend you watch right now. I don't, it's basically a free series. It's called The Chosen. It's, a, it's really cool. It's a cool series if you want to, and I would encourage you to watch that with your family. And it's about the life of Jesus Christ. So God the Father, we get that. Jesus Christ, okay, we get that. But this Holy Spirit like, what is up with that? Like, many of us are just unaware, we're confused, we're, we're not so sure about him, and so that's what I want to do today. One of the things that I love, you guys, as a pastor, is to teach you biblical truth, and to try to do it, I call it the cookies on the bottom shelf. And what does that mean? It means I want to take something that, can, that other people would try to make very complex and very confusing, and I want to try to make it very simple, so all of you will understand. And the way that I like to do that is I like to redefine terms. Like terms in the Bible, things maybe we've grown up with or things that we've heard. And so in week one of this series, I basically redefined the word Holy Spirit. And I just, we discovered through week one, if you haven't heard it, I want to encourage you to go back. You can listen to it on our website or you can go to Apple iTunes. But what we discovered is that the English translators didn't have an English word for what the Greek or even the Hebrew would show us in the Bible for this word Holy Spirit. And so the English translators did the best that they could. They came up with the word spirit. But what we learned in that series was that's not what it means. It literally means a breath, the breath of God, this, this wind of God, or this breath of fresh air that God wants to breathe in every one of our lives. And I don't know about you, but I could use a breath of fresh air, especially from God in my life. Am I the only one? Amen. And so we redefined even what the Holy Spirit means. So he's this breath of fresh air. In week two, we went on to redefine a term that many of us have grown up afraid of, and that's the word Pentecost. See, some of you are like, oh, I missed last week. Why is he talking about Pentecost, right? Like this word Pentecost or even Pentecostal, like what does that word even mean? And what we learned last week is that the word actually just means 50. Ooh, run for the hills, right? 50. It was actually a holiday that the Jews celebrated 50 days after Passover. And it was one of many holidays that we discovered that Jesus Christ himself fulfilled. And that holiday today basically represents the day the Holy Spirit was poured out and gave us power to make a difference in our lives. And so along those themes today, I want to do the same thing. I want to redefine a term that many of us are simply afraid of, and it's because we have a misunderstanding of it. You guys ready for this? I want to redefine the term charismatic. And all the charismatic people are like, woo! All the batches like, oh, this is the day I never come back to this church. Charismatic, yeah, see, I got an amen over there. Yes, ma'am. All right. So what is a charismatic? Well, let's come to the Greek word. Let's look at what it means. It means, it comes from the Greek word, look at this, charisma, charisma. And so I know what you're thinking. You're already thinking, oh, well, this is somebody who's charming or appealing or somebody who has an attractive personality, right? Now, you would be right if that was the, if you were reading the English, because that is our English translation of the word. But charismatic comes from this word charisma, which is a Greek word. And this Greek word literally defined, look at this, it's a gracious gift from God. Write that down in your notes. It is a gracious gift from God. In other words, what I want you to understand today is that God has some gifts that he wants to give you, every single one of us, 
and they are grace-filled. In other words, they are good. Let me show you a verse in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, let me time out here for a moment. In other words, what is it saying? It's saying that there is a price to be paid for sin. And that price, that bill to be paid for sin is death. Now, if it stopped there, we'd be all in some bad news, right? But thank God there's good news on the other side of this. The good news is, look at this. It says, but the gift, notice the word gift. In the Greek, guess what word that is? Charisma. The charismatic, the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is a great place to say amen, everybody. So what I want you to understand today, oh, I, you know what? I jumped, did I jump a verse for us? I jumped the verse, didn't I? Basically, I said, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, let me go back, you guys, and I apologize. I kind of jumped down a little bit, and I'm, I messed my guy up in the back. I want to go back to this gracious gift from God idea. God has these gracious gifts that he wants to give you, and there are several gifts that he wants to give you. And, I, and, and out of all the several that he wants to give you, I'm going to give you three today, okay? And out of the three, here's the first one that God wants to give. It's this gift of, go back, eternal life. It's the gift of eternal life. And then that leads us to Romans chapter 6, verse 23, which I just read, that this gracious gift that comes from God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what I want you to understand about eternal life is this. It stands on its own. Listen, eternal life stands on its own. What, is, what do you mean by that, Pastor Ed? It means you can't earn eternal life. You can't do enough good in this world to earn the righteousness, if you will, to be right with God based on works. Not only can you not earn salvation, once you receive salvation, you can't keep salvation based on the things that you do. And this is important for you to understand as we move forward in this, as we're talking about these grace gifts, because it's very important. Listen, man, you can't pray enough. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't be generous enough to earn salvation. It's just a gracious gift of God. Look at Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. For it is by, look at the word again, there it is, grace. It's this gracious gift of God. You have been given eternal life. You've been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. Again, I just want to make this very clear today. You cannot earn salvation. It is a free gift of God, and it's a gracious gift that God wants to give you. You can't earn it, and you can't keep it based on doing things. It is simply the gracious gift of God. Rhett, why is this important? It's important for you to understand this because the next gifts that God wants to give every single one of you has everything to do with the assignment he's called you to. In other words, these gifts have everything to do about works. So let me show you the second gift. You ready? Write this down. It's the Holy Spirit. So God wants to give us eternal life. God wants to give us the Holy Spirit. And you're thinking, Rhett, is the Holy Spirit a gift? Yes, it is. Let me show you. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 5. So here is Jesus. Let me set this up. Jesus had gone to the cross. He paid for sins. He was resurrected three days later. And here he is in his glorified body, hanging out on earth, giving his disciples some final instructions. And he does this for like 40 days. And on the final day, he gives this instruction. And this is what he tells his closest friends and disciples. He says, guys, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the, there's the word, the gift my father promised which you've heard me speak about. Now watch this. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Listen, when I close this series out, I want to share with you that I'm going to teach you what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
I know some of you are thinking, you're already, your mind's already going there. I know where you're thinking, right? And so I, it, it isn't exactly what you think it is. And I want to encourage you to come back as we close this series out. Because I'm going to show you from God's word, not what man says, but what God's word says about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But today, what I really want to do is I really just want to help us understand again and redefine this term of what it means to be a charismatic, everybody. And as I mentioned earlier, a charismatic isn't somebody who's wild in church. A charismatic is simply someone who has received a gracious gift from God. In fact, there's two words that the Bible uses. If you're reading your Bible, you'll see that the English translators take the word charisma, this gracious gift from God, and they use two words. And it's really the third thing that God wants to give you. And that is, look at this, it's spiritual gifts. God wants to give you some spiritual gifts. And this is a gracious gift from God. Now, unfortunately, today, there is still a lot of confusion around this term, spiritual gifts. And not only today, but let me show you in the Bible. This happened, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Paul said, now about spiritual gifts, this grace gift from God, this charisma. Brothers, sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, I don't want you to be uninformed. And we have a lot of people today in our society, in our culture, who are uninformed when it comes to the third person of the Holy Spirit, who he is and the role he wants to play in your life. And I believe that one of the reasons is because of a theology. Maybe some of you have grown up this way, but there's a theology called cessationism. Those who follow this theology are called cessationists. And their belief is, it's a wrong belief because the Bible does not teach this, but it's the belief that when the disciples died, the gifts died, the miracles died, the healings died. And big one, one problem with that, that whole thing, there's a lot of problems with it, but one of the problems is if even one miracle has happened since the last disciple died, then it proves that theory Wrong. And my friends, there are hundreds and thousands of documented miracles. And some of you have even experienced a miracle in your own life. Amen? Yeah. So it just isn't true. And Paul, and let me just give you a couple of scriptures to back this up. Paul reminds us, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. He says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Do you know what that means? Jesus Christ, if he healed yesterday, Jesus Christ will heal today. And Jesus Christ will heal forevermore. Can I get a good amen? amen? Prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 53, verse 5, notice the present tense use of this. By his wounds, we are healed. Not we were, not in the past. No, no, no. We are healed. Even David said in Psalm 103, verse 2 through 5, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he present tense May I never forget the good things he does for me. So David, what did he do then? It's that he wants to do now, that he wants to do forevermore. Let's take a look at the rest of the verse. He says, he forgives all my sins. Now, time out there. Listen, if God himself did not do another thing for you, he did enough for you by forgiving your sins through Jesus Christ. Amen, everybody. He's forgiven both past, present, future, all of your sins. All Does it say all? It says all my sins. Not only that, it doesn't stop there. There's more. It's like that infomercial. Hey, you like that? There's more. Look at this. And heals all my diseases. Amen. That's physical. 
emotional, mental. He heals everything. Not only that, he redeems me. What does that word redeeming? It means he, he takes me and sets me apart. He rescues me. He gives me life. He sets me free is what this is saying from death. And he crowns me. That word crowns mean he encircles me. What does he encircle me with? Love and tender mercies. And he fills my life, your life as believers in Christ with good things. One Life Church, the great physician has not closed shop. The great physician, the living God, Jesus Christ himself still does miracles. He has more for your life and he even wants to give you spiritual gifts. Many people, I believe, honestly, they don't have a problem with spiritual gifts. They only have a problem with one. Did you know that there are actually 27 spiritual gifts in the New Testament? There are several gifts. Many people don't have a problem with the other 26. They just have a problem with the one gift that is mentioned several times throughout Scripture. You know, <laughs> there's gifts of faith. There's gifts of mercy. There's gifts of serving. You know, I've never met one pastor who said, you know, that gift of serving died with the disciples. That thing is over with. Ain't nobody have the gift of serving. Now, have you ever heard a pastor say that? That's ridiculous. But that is a gift of God. <laughs> no one has a problem with the other 26. They mainly have a problem with the one. And it's the one that we're taught, many of us are, we're taught to avoid. And I'm just going to say it. It's the gift of tongues. It's the gift of tongues. And I just want to make this statement. All things from God, all good and gracious gifts from God, they're all good. They're all perfect. Anything that God gives us should never be an a repulsive experience. And I don't want you to throw away all that God has for you in your life out of the 27 gifts. I don't want you to throw away any of them. Why? Because they're good. And God has a reason for them. Look at this in, in James chapter 117. If you don't believe me that they're good, James said, every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father of the heavenly lights, referring to God, who does not change like shifting shadows. All God's gracious gifts that he wants to give every single one of us, all 27, are good, my friends, and he wants you to have them. In fact, Paul said this about spiritual gifts. Y'all, I'm just reading the Bible, okay? This is God's word, all right? Don't be upset with me. It says a spiritual gift or this charisma is given to each of us. In other words, everyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ and professes Christ as their savior, God deposits something on the inside of them. Why? So that we can be wild and crazy in church? No. Why? Look at this. It's so we can help each other. Every gift from God, hear me, look into my eyes and hear this. Every gift of God has an assignment. And that assignment, One Life Church, is to help others, is to help people. And so I've, I've done my best to try to come up with my definition of spiritual gifts and what God wants to give you. And, and so look at this. This is just my attempt. This is not in the dictionary. A spiritual gift is a special, here's the key word here, it's a special supernatural ability, or it's a gracious gift from God. It's something that you cannot do in and through yourself. And then look at this. God gives, one, gives to each of his children. Why? So that together, notice it's not all about you, me, myself, and I. No, this is a together thing. So that we can come together and we can advance his purposes in the world. 
So why does God give us gifts? You ready for this? It's because he created you on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose was to make a difference with your life, not only in your life, but it was to make a difference in the lives of people. This is why God gives us spiritual gifts. And it's important to understand you will never accomplish the destiny that God has for your life until you discover your design or until you discover the gifts that God has placed in your life. And so this is why we have a class that we call Discover. You hear Nick talk about it on the announcements. You hear me mention it at the end of every service. What is Discover? It's a class designed to help you take a next step into discovering your design. Why? Because your design will reveal your destiny. The Discover class right now happens online, but we are bringing it back to in-person classes in two weeks, everybody. And I want to encourage you, if you have not gone through Discover, to take a step. Now, is it the end-all, be-all of discovering the, you know, your purpose on this planet? No, but it is a step. And a part of that class, we have an opportunity for you to discover your spiritual gifts. And it's not weird, okay? It's just a, you feel, it's like, a, like fill in the blank. That's it. And the, the, the blanks that you enter will kind of compute out. And the way you answer the, the questions will kind of tell you kind of some of the spiritual gifts that you have in your life. But not only that, you'll have an opportunity to do a personality profile. And this is important because you will never, again, I want to make this statement to you. You will never accomplish the full destiny that God has for your life until you discover the gifts, the design that God has placed inside of every single one of you. And that's why my heart, man, I tell you what, I love the dream team. Listen, we don't use the word volunteer around here because volunteer means, hey, uh, I got something that uh, I want you to do. I know you don't want to do it, but I need you to sign. I know you love the church. So why don't you just come over here and do what I, I know you don't want to do it, but will you do it because we need you to do it? That's what volunteers do. We don't use that word around here. You know what word we use around here? It's called the dream team, baby. What is the dream team? The dream team are men and women who have taken their next step, gone to discover, discovered that God has imparted to them some spiritual gifts to make a difference with their life. And they're the men and women who are serving your kids right now in kids' life, speaking life into the future, into the potential of your kids, saying, man, you are a world changer. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. The men and women who have said yes to leading us in worship, aren't you thankful for our amazing worship team, everybody? It's the men women who have said yes they're on audio they're on production they're on hospitality they're in everything that you're experiencing right now I love the dream team come on put your hands together one more time if you love the dream team show your love this morning yeah so there are three things really that I want you to consider today when it comes to the idea of spiritual gifts that God has given you and that is number one write this down and that is I'll need you to take the step to discover the gifts that God has for me. I need you to take the step. Notice this is on you. You've got to take a step to discover the gifts God has for you. And chances are, it's not going to be obvious to you. Most spiritual gifts, let me say this. Your spiritual gift isn't your natural talent or your skill set. Can I tell you that if I were following my natural skill set, you know where I'd be? I would own a company in the Caribbean called a boat excursion. You know what I'm saying? And I would be on a boat in the Caribbean right now, taking tourists out, snorkeling and scuba diving. That's kind of like, woo, you know what I'm saying? That's my skill set, just saying. But you know, God actually gave me a grace. And this just didn't happen because I went to a class. This was a, you know, 20 year journey of developing and discovering my purpose. But God gave me a grace to stand on this platform 
Why? Because I'm all that? No, not at all. I'm telling you, if you knew my story, you'd be like, Rhett is the furthest thing from a pastor. Like, he doesn't even need to be. He's not even qualified to be a pastor. I'm just saying. But let me, can I tell you this? God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And God's got a calling on your life. He puts some gifts in your life. And you have some grace gifts in your life. You have some grace gifts. And it's time for you to begin to discover them. Look at this. If you don't believe me, look at God's word. Romans 12, 6. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace, there's that word charisma, given us. Like we have different charismas according to the charisma given to us. We have these different grace gifts from God is what it's saying. So what is a charismatic, everybody? You ready for this? A charismatic is someone who has simply received a gracious gift from God. It's that thing, my friend, that when you do it, like it's easy. Like when you do it, you don't have a problem doing it. Early on in my life, when I'm 16 years old, I'll tell you the story as we end the message a little bit later, but I basically gave my heart to Christ and then got involved in small groups and started serving in a church. And, and uh, I always kind of sang. I say sang, not sing, because I'm from the South. I always kind of sang a lot when I was growing up, um, but I didn't really know that that was a grace gift. And my pastor heard me sing one time. Next thing I know, I'm on a platform and I'm singing. And next thing I know, I'm leading worship and, and I'm recognizing, man, why is this so easy? And I didn't mean that in a prideful way, but like, why does this just feel so natural and so easy? Like, no big deal. For those of you who don't know, I mean, I play piano and I sing and I lead worship from time to time, even here at One Life in this season. Like, why is that? It's because God gave me a grace. But can I tell you what God didn't give me a grace in? Please, for the love of Jesus, do not hand me a Phillips head screwdriver or a flathead or any kind of power tool. If you want to live. I have no grace for that. Just ask my wife. Anytime she asks me to hang a picture or to hang something that needs to be straight, it's like, woo, like, oh, my God. Like, Rhett, are you just playing? Are you just acting like you can't do this? I'm like, no, I am not good at this. So I call guys in the church who are good at this, and I pay them and say, will you please help me hang some pictures in my house? I know you think that's funny. Now, I discovered this. <laughs> One of my good friends, his name is Steve Hopkins. He's a missionary to Lima, Peru, and he's doing amazing work in Lima, Peru. But in my early 20s, Steve's like, oh, man, Rhett, you got to come down to Lima, Peru, man. There's this church down there. We're serving. It's awesome. It's in the city, and it's like it's so much fun, and there's a job and a project there that they need some help to do. And I'm thinking like a 21-year-old, like, yeah, man, let's go to Lima, Peru, baby. Like, this is a vacation for Jesus. Can I tell you what it turned out to be? It turned out to be a construction boot camp from hell, everybody. That's exactly what it came out to be. I was miserable. I hated it, and I haven't been back. I told the brother, please don't ever invite me to come back. Like, just ask me for money next time, and I will send you money. Because this is what we did. You ready for this? Like we get to the church. It's cool. It's awesome. In the back of the church, there was a 20 foot by 20 foot uh, concrete slab. Actually, the whole backyard of the church was concrete slab. And again, this is the city of Lima, Peru. And I'm thinking, okay, what do we do? And they're like, well, we're going to break up this 20 foot by 20 foot concrete slab. And I'm thinking, all right, okay, give me a sledgehammer. What, what do we need to do here, right? And it's like, no, we, we can't just do that. And they took me underground. Y'all, the place where the kids played was concrete, right? And that makes sense. But underground was a 20 foot, 25 foot fall to your death. Because you know what was underneath it? An old parking garage that was dilapidated. So what do we have to do? 
we had to go into the parking garage, set up a 20-foot by 20-foot scaffolding all the way to the ceiling. Y'all, and if you tell me, the guys made so much fun of me. They're like, Rhett, throw me a wrench. I'm like, uh, what is, is this a wrench? And at the end of the day, they're like, you just get up here and you do what we tell you to do. So we built this 25-foot-tall 20, scaffolding from underground to the top. And then we had to make it, you know, plaster it up. And then we had to go to the top, break up the concrete, you know, a sledgehammer, everything, excavating equipment. I learned a lot on that trip. Again, like I said, I was miserable. We broke up the concrete so the concrete wouldn't fall 25 feet down. And once we did that, then we had to lay rebar and concrete. And some of y'all right now, I'm telling that story like, man, sign me up for that trip. That sounds amazing. Right? You're like my friend Steve who made the trip sound like it was going to be Disney World. My friend, it wasn't Disney World for me. When I crossed back into America and I came into the Miami airport, baby, I kissed the ground and I said, God bless America, land that I love. You know, I was like, bring this on. Why? Why am I telling you this? Because I don't have a grace gift. For that. Now, if they would have asked me to come back and sing or lead worship or speak or do something else with people that wasn't like that, I'd be all about it. Why? Because it's a gift God's given me. Steve loves it. Why does Steve love it? Because he's been given a grace gift. And you, my friends, have been given a grace gift, and you need to find what that grace gift is. That's why we offer the Discover class. Right now it's online. Go to olc.church, click on it, take that next step. And if you do, Here's what you'll find, that God didn't just design your height. God didn't just design your hair and eye color. Look at this, Psalm 139, verse 13 through 16. For God, like David said, you'll discover that he created my inmost being. Listen, God created you to love what you love. God created you to cry about what you cry about. And David said, Lord, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Did you know that you begin to see things through the lens of your spiritual gift? Like you actually begin to see, let me give you an example. So some of you walked into this room today and you saw maybe some chairs that were misaligned. You walked over that chair and you kind of just scooted over so it would be a straight line. Some of you may have walked in today and you saw a piece of paper on the ground. You picked that piece of paper up and you threw it away. Nobody had to ask you to do it. You did it. Why? Because you have a gift of helps. Some of you walked into this room today and you saw someone sitting by themselves and you're like, oh, they're sitting by themselves. I should go over there and talk to them, right? You know what? You have a gift. What is that gift? It's the gift of mercy. It's the, two people in the exact same room seeing two completely different things. God did that. God put that inside of you. God put that gift inside of you. And David says, listen, I will praise you. Why, David? Because David says, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I've discovered my purpose, is what David's saying. Now, ladies, let me speak to you for a moment. Some of you women in this room, you have a hard time with this. You'll look into the mirror, and you will not like what you see. But as for men, on the other hand, it doesn't matter what we look like, what shape we are, right? We look in the mirror like, what's up, baby? Yeah, we're looking good, right? Come on, you know that's funny, and it is true. It is true. This is what David is saying. He said, man, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And he goes on, he says, God, your works, they're wonderful. And look at this last line. I know that full well. And it's unfortunate that many of you, some of you in this room, you can't say that because you've not experienced 
the beauty that is the gift of the grace gift that God wants to give you. And listen, this is why you need life-giving community, by the way. You need life-giving community to encourage you, to lift you up, to call some things out in you that you don't even see in yourself that God has given you. And you need life-giving community or a life-giving church just to simply help you discover your design. Why? I said it earlier, but now write it down in your notes because here's the bottom line. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. God's design in me reveals God's destiny for me. And this is what discover is all about. Here's the second thing that not only do we need to discover the spiritual gifts that God has given us, but we need to, number two, you ready for this? We need to develop the gifts that God has given us. We need to develop the gifts. In other words, if you're an extra note taker, write the word out, grow. You could put, God just wants us to grow in the gifts God has given me. Let me show you this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Peter says, grow in the, here's that word again, charisma, charis, grace gift. Grow in the grace, in the gracious gift of God and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, just as many of us go from adolescence to adulthood and things in our life begin to mature and as maturity comes, we obviously can begin to do more things in this life and have more responsibilities. The same is true with spiritual gifts and even in our relationship with God. God wants to grow our ability. God wants to develop our spiritual gifts. Now, some of you, you've discovered the gifts that God has in you. Like you are sitting in this chair right now and you know absolutely some of the grace gifts that God has given you. But if you are honest this morning, you would say, you know what? (laughs) I really haven't put myself in a position though for that grace gift to grow. I haven't put myself in a place where that could actually develop. And some of you, you have gifts in this room. You're sitting in these chairs. You're listening to me online and God has given you a gift, but it is dormant. And the gift is dormant. Why? Probably for several reasons. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe you have even hurt someone. And you're thinking, man, it's too late for me. Like, I want to be a part, but I'm really not good enough. I mean, like, if you only knew the things that I've done, if you only knew the hurt that I've experienced, some of you think that God can never use you again. And I just want to speak to you prophetically this morning and tell you, please do not give up on the dream that God has put on the inside of you. Please do not give up on the dream that God has put on the inside of you. Why? Because of Romans eleven nine. 9. Look at this. For God's gift, that's that word again, charisma, God's gracious gift and his call are irrevocable. What does that mean? It means that God never changes his mind about the people he calls and the things that he gives them. Did you hear that? So no matter how old you are, no matter how far you think you've gone, my friend, you haven't gone far enough. God can always bring you back to his plan and his purpose for you. He can always do it. You know, when I go up to McCall, I typically go through Cascade. Most of you today, if I were to say, hey, if you're going to go through, you know, to to McCall, you'd probably say, I'd go through Cascade. Unless you're pulling a travel trailer, you're probably going to go through Ontario. But here's the thing. Did you know? That you can go to, you can get to McCall through Seattle. It's the longer way. It's way out of the way. But if you decide to go nine hours to Seattle, you can still come back and get to McCall. Are y'all listening to me, everybody? 
God can bring you back to his plan and his purpose. You are not too far gone. You are not too old. God has a plan and purpose in your life. Do not let the dream die on the inside of you. So no matter how, no matter how far you've gone, I want to remind you, this is what I'm basically telling you, 2 Timothy 1.6. I'm trying to remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you. There's a gift inside of you. It's a little spark. It's there. It just needs some, whew, just needs some air. It just needs a pastor and some friends to come along with that spark and go, whew, come on, man, let's get that gift going. Why? So that you can help others. So together, look at this. Here's the last thing. Write this down. And this is really honestly, what this is what the entire series is all about. And that is to use the gifts God has given me. He wants you not only to discover, to develop, but he wants you to take this step and use the gifts he's given you. Listen to me, church. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. God has given gifts to each of you. He's given it to you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So what do we do with the assignment? That's the question. Here's the answer. We use them well. Why? Why does God want us to use the gracious gifts that he's given us so that God's generosity can flow through you. Please don't put off tomorrow what you need to do today. I know there's some of you in this room, you're thinking, oh, I'll, go, I'll go to a small group in 2021, man, when things calm down. You know what, I, I, I'll lead a small group. Maybe next time I'll go to small group leadership training. You know that dream team thing that Pastor always talks about, how he makes a difference and it brings fulfillment in their life. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pass on that. I'm just going to, I've got time. I've got time. My friend, time is short. Time is short. Life is but a vapor. It's but a mist. And I'm saying, please do not put off tomorrow what you need to do today. Why? Because heaven and hell are realities, my friend. They're realities. On the other side of your obedience, on the other side of you taking a step and be obedient to the gracious gift that God has put in you is a person in need. Somebody's just waiting for you to step out. People need to experience the love of God through the gracious gifts that he's given you. I'll give you my testimony and then we'll close. I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Three years old, my parents got a divorce, grew up in a broken home. Seven years old, my mom committed suicide. From seven to 16 years old, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places. Like I'm messed up, I'm jacked up. I'm living on the other side of the tracks. I'm a white boy predominantly African-American community, getting involved in all the wrong things. Until, I'll, I'm telling you, until my best friend invited me to a local life-giving church. When I was invited to a local life-giving church, much like today, I walked in and I experienced the fact that God loves me and wasn't mad at me and that I didn't have to do anything to try to earn his approval. And I came to a place where I came into a relationship with God. I met Jesus Christ, not religion. I met the person of Jesus Christ. Served a church and a pastor who taught me 
what I'm trying to teach you today about the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit and the gifts he wants to give you. And I began to find freedom, find freedom from a lot of issues. And from there, I just, over a journey, I just began to discover the purposes and the gifts of God as I took steps in just making a difference with my life and my friends. I'm standing on this platform today telling you that I was made for this, not because I deserve to be here, but I was made for this because of the grace that God had in my life. To save a broken boy from Alabama out of the pit of hell and bring him back to life spiritually. And I share that with you today to tell you that it's only by God's gracious gift of eternal life, his Holy Spirit, and the spiritual gifts that I'm here today. And because of that story, hear me, because of that story, I have a passion inside of me to plant a church with a dream and the desire to take people on a spiritual journey. And this is why we exist as a church. Look at this, One Life Church, we exist Please put this on the screen. One Life Church, we exist to take you, my friends, on a spiritual journey. To do what? To experience what I experienced at 16, to come into a relationship with God. To know him personally, intimately. And then once you come into a relationship with God, it's then to help you to find freedom from the hurts, the pains, the past, the things that have tried to keep you in bondage for so many years that you've been struggling to try to get rid of. We do this through small groups and life-giving community, but we also do this through the power of the Holy Spirit to walk you to the next stage. And it's really just a part of your entire journey, which is coming to the place where you discover your purpose because God's design in you will reveal the destiny God has for you. And there is no greater joy when you know why you are on this planet, my friends, so that you can ultimately get to number four, which is what I'm telling you. I love our dream team. It's what they're doing. It's what they're making a difference with their life, not only in their own life, their family, but in your life. This is what they're doing. We do this as a church. We do this. This is the vision of our church. We do this until, and here's my desire, here's my dream. It's not to fill up the Nam Pacific Center, as great as that might be in sound. My dream is that every person would get to the place where they can say this, I was made for this. I want you to write that down in your blank. Some of you, you already know this, man, I was made for this. I have discovered my purpose. I'm living in this out. But some of you, you're having trouble writing it, and I want you to write this prophetically over your life. You know what? Although I might not believe it in this moment, I'm gonna go ahead and write this down and go, you know what, I was made for this. Made for what? I was created on purpose for a purpose to love God, to love people and to make a difference with my life. This is the beauty of the spiritual gifts that God wants to give you. What is a charismatic? A charismatic is somebody who has received a gracious gift from God to do what? To allow the generosity of God to flow through them to help others. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? We'll be here another five minutes. Some of you are in this room today. Well, actually, first, let me pray this. God, I just thank you so much for your presence that's here today. Your word says, as we draw close to you, you draw close to us. And we recognize that you're here today. And I want to simply say thank you for the gift of eternal life that comes from Jesus. I want to say thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that gives us power to make a difference with our life. And I want to say thank you, God, for the spiritual gifts you want to give us, not just for us, but so that we can help people 
And God, I'm praying by the power of your Holy Spirit as this word goes forth today that people would be stirred to take a step of discovering the gifts you place within them. That they would take a step, maybe go to Discover today or maybe even get in a small group. And God, I'm praying that as they discover that, they'd begin to put themselves in a place, maybe on the dream team, to develop that gift that you put within them to ultimately use that gift, not for themselves, but for, for others to help people so that they can one day stand and say, you know what, I was made for this. I know why I'm on the planet. It's not just to suck air, pay taxes and die. God, you've created me with a beautiful plan and purpose. And I see that now and I'm living that out and I'm experiencing the fulfillment that comes from it. Now, my friends, some of you are in this room today and you are far from God. Like you don't have a relationship with God. And can I just tell you, that is the most significant step in your spiritual journey. Like finding freedom, discovering purpose, make a difference. All those are important, but it all starts with a relationship with Christ. And as I mentioned earlier, it's a free gift. You can't do anything to earn it. It's already been done. It's a grace. It's a gift. His name is Jesus. And God's offered you that today. Some of you, you used to have a relationship with God, but for whatever reason, whatever pain, whatever hurt that has come your way, maybe you've turned your back on God or you've walked away and you know it because you feel shame, you feel guilt, and you feel the separation. It's like when you pray, man, but your prayers just hit a roof. It's like, man, God is so distant. And I want to encourage you today. God is not distant. He is one heartfelt prayer away from you experiencing his love and grace. God so loved the world that he gave you Jesus, not to condemn you, but to save you and to give you life. And it would be a great honor for me to introduce you to him today. So whether you've once known him and walk away, or maybe today is your first day to say, you know what, I wanna surrender my life to Christ and experience the gift of eternal life because life is short. We're not promised tomorrow. If that's you today and you would say, yep, Rhett, I wanna receive the gift of eternal life. Would you be so bold to raise your hand right now? Nobody's looking around, all heads are bowed, all eyes are closed, it's just you, me, and Jesus. Would you just be so bold to raise your hand right now if that's you? God bless you, you can put your hands down. Maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't, but you still wanna say the prayer. Again, it's not about a hand raise, it's about a heart that connects with God. Would you say a prayer as simple as this? Come on, everybody pray this, say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. Forgive me, change me, come live inside of me. I believe you died and rose again. I believe you paid for my sin. Today, I declare you as my Lord, and my Savior. I put my faith and my trust in you. I give you my life. I give you everything. I pray this, say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your power to make a difference in this life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, first of all, congratulations. That is the first step in your spiritual journey. We would love to know because we want to help you take a next step. And the way we do that here is we simply send you one email. And the way we get an email to you is that connection card that you received in your worship guide when you came in today. Now, if you didn't receive the worship guide when you came in today, you can go to olc.church and there's an online version of the connection card. Would you let us know you made that decision? Because I would really love to send you an email with some simple next steps. Hey, One Life Church, can we put our hands together today for those who made a decision to follow Jesus? Amen.